Alrighty. Welcome back, everyone, to Out of Office with Women in Business. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I'm here with a very special friend. Um, I'm here with Abby, who's our social media chair. Abby, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Rachel? Good. Um, so today, as you all know, I'm sure it's no surprise that Midnight's by Taylor Swift just came out. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Midnight's and then, you know, talking about Taylor Swift and just kind of, you know having some good conversation so how do you feel you're because you're a big swifty right yes i'm a huge swifty um i stayed up until midnight i mean not that that late but my friends and i on thursday night we stayed in and just like had some food and we listened through all the way and i my first okay i don't want to be problematic but at first i was a little disappointed because i think i went into it a little bit expecting to for it to be similar to folklore and evermore because that's what we've gotten from her most recently besides the re-records but after listening through like i listened all the way through the next day again and also to the 3am tracks which are insane and then the more i listened the more i liked it because she is pop like that is for the most part what she is and what she does and from that perspective this album is literally incredible yeah i kind of agree like i also thought that it was going to be kind of similar to folklore um and then the more i listened to it it kind of sounds like a mix between like 1989 and like reputation to me but i've also heard 1989 and lover i don't so i don't know but yeah i kind of felt very similarly like the first time i listened to it because of course waited until midnight and then the first time I listened through, I was kind of skipping around. Like, I didn't listen in order or anything. I was, like, very unsure about how I felt. Like, not that I didn't like it because I did, but I think kind of like you said, it was just so unexpected. Like, the genre that it was, I guess. But, like, kind of like you said, it is, like, very poppy and kind of similar like, the second time I listened through. And then, like, now I've been listening all week and, like, it is so good and it did break i saw that it broke i'm a huge harry fan but it did break harry's record for most sold vinyls i think she like absolutely like destroyed his record too like i think she like doubled his amount of vinyl sales so love that for my girl taylor but what were kind of like your favorite tracks um when i first listened through maroon was 100 percent my favorite i just everything about it like the lyrics and like I don't know just the concepts of like the meaning of the song plus like the beat and everything I really enjoyed and I think I would say Maroon I probably liked it right off the bat because it is more similar to her 2020 albums and not that that's like the only thing I like from her like Speak Now is 1000% my favorite album but um Maroon definitely right off the bat sweet nothing just because i'm obsessed with her and joe and like they wrote that one together which is so cute oh, really i actually didn't know that yeah mm-hmm. they there's a couple of songs that they've written together and that is the only one on the album that's by the both of them which is so cute because it's just like i don't know it's so genuine and like she deserves to be happy um and like now that i've listened through like for i'm just talking like the main 13 songs um i've actually I didn't like Midnight Rain when I first listened through and because like I don't know the intro kind of threw me off because it is a little different but I really really like it now yeah 
that's the one where it's like kind of like it starts in her voice is all like techno yeah. okay yeah, yeah yeah that's what i thought yeah. yeah that one also threw me off i was kind of like okay taylor yeah and karma also karma is yes. so good karma is my favorite like a hundred percent i've been listening to it like non-stop i'm the type of person where i can't like once i listen to an album like through i can't like just put it on shuffle like i need to focus on like a couple songs at a time so right now for me it's karma and i also loved anti-hero mm -hmm. and that one's been the one that's been all over it's karma um like the chorus and then anti-hero is the one that's been all over my for you page yeah like the line about the giant baby oh my god the, everybody's sexy babies page. yeah 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 that one <laughs> that one i the first time i was listening through my friend and i looked at each other and we were like what did she just say <laughs> but i've seen so many like people like digging into that and like what it could mean like from her perspective and i saw like something interesting i saw was like it could be her like talking about how everybody in the industry is like so young and like compared to her i guess which is interesting i don't know yeah i saw a comparison that um it was like sometimes i feel like i'm a sexy baby and it was like renesmee from twilight like oh, you know the like God, cgi baby mm -hmm. and then it was like and i'm the monster on the hill and it was taylor lautner like as uh -huh. a wolf like I oh saw that God. one. That one was definitely interesting. Um, but yeah. I, I also I saw a video, um, a TikTok of, it was that picture of her, of Taylor and Bruno Mars. Uh, yes. I forget what awards show it is, but she is literally towering <laughs> over him. I don't know how tall he is, but he is a tiny little man. No, he is so <laughs> short. I saw that one too. I, I think I saw it on Twitter, but yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I also, the 3 a.m. tracks, I that made my Friday like I didn't know what the chaotic surprise was going to be at 3 a.m. and there was no way I was staying up for it I had a 9 a.m. but um waking up and like walking to class and listening to those songs I love The Great War I think that's probably like my favorite song on the entire album maybe like one of my new favorite songs I just like I don't know the whole song like every single like verse the chorus the bridge everything I love it it's so good um I think overall, I don't know if this is like makes me a bad fan, but I think I like the 3 a.m. songs like in like total better than the album. I just I don't know. I feel like they're like more emotional in a way. I don't know. I really like them. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the 3 a.m. ones because I could not make it like I tried. I don't even think I had anything like the next day, but I like. I really did try for the 3 a.m. surprise, but I didn't know it was going to be extra songs. I thought it was going to be, like, a music video. And I am a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I'm not, like, enough of a fan where I'm, like, even if, like, she gave, like, a little crumb of something extra at 3 a.m. that I was, like, I was, like, so tired. I was, like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go to bed. I'll, like, probably watch it. Like, I thought it was going to be a music video, so I was, like, oh, I'll just watch it tomorrow. Um, and then I went to bed, and I heard that it was extra songs, but I haven't gotten around to listening to them. They're all, so there's seven of them, I believe. Yeah, seven. And they're the best one, like the Great War, you need to listen to. It's so good. Um, High Infidelity, really good. Paris, really good. Like they're all, oh, um, would have, could have, should have. They might be in a different order. I forget Th those three words. It's about John Mayer and oh, really? so good. Oh like, my God. It's, there's this one line. Um, give me back my girlhood it was mine first literally oh chills oh i saw i saw that like line on my for yeah. you page yeah insane I know. like the way like 
people are so quick to just be like, oh, Taylor Swift only writes about boys. She's not talented. She only, like, writes breakup songs. But, like, I have in my notes app on my phone, like, I've been building up this, like, note (laughs) for, I think, since, like, senior year of high school of just, like, my favorite, like, incredibly written Taylor Swift lines. And, like, she's just, like, first and foremost, like, I know, like, a lot of that also goes to, like, Jack Antonoff, but, like, she is such a talented writer. Like, she, the way that she uses words is just so insane. Yeah. Um, My favorite line is, like, November flush and your flannel cure. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, literally just saying that he, like, gives, like, his jacket when she's cold. But, like, just the way that she words things is just so, like, elaborate. And, like, you can tell that, like, so much thought is put into it. Which I, like, love. And I feel like that's so rare nowadays, too. Especially for, like, not only music that's, like, well thought out, but music that's well thought out by the artist that's actually singing it. Yeah. I feel like it's so rare, and so I feel like Taylor's a national treasure. She literally is a national treasure. One of my favorite lines is an older one um, from New Romantics, and it's, like, right at the beginning of the song. She says, we show off our different scarlet letters. Trust me, mine is better. And I just think that's, like, I don't know. I think that's so beautiful and, like, just, like, powerful. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. I feel like Taylor, I don't know, I like, yeah, I really just think that Taylor's, like, feminist icon. I absolutely love her. And, like, it's just, like, so inspirational how, like, through everything she's been through through her career, like, she's stayed on top. Like, she has never fallen off. Like, there definitely were periods where, like, she wasn't, like, putting out music and, like, she was, like, in the media less, but she was still like she's taylor swift like everybody knows taylor swift and like i wish i could say everybody loves taylor swift but like like she's a household name and she's she always will be i think yeah no i agree and i think too because this honestly didn't really click for me obviously i knew taylor swift like i was always a huge fan like 1989 is is still my favorite taylor album like i know that's probably controversial but i don't think it is that's up there for me i love like i just loved 1989 during that era like loved reputation loved like during the whole like taylor swift is over over party like i was still on taylor's side of course but i think what really like sold taylor for me was her documentary it's called like miss americana Mm -hmm. i hadn't watched it when it first came out but i saw it at the nail salon like my my (laughs) nail guy like played it and i literally just remember sitting through the whole thing about like her like even her like ties to like the political situation in was it Mm -hmm. texas uh tennessee tennessee and they called it the swift lift like her finally coming out and like saying her political views and like like representing like a democratic candidate like and just her influence and just through everything and her strength and like i feel like that documentary did a really good job of just showcasing everything that she's been through all of her struggles and the fact that she's still able to come out of it not only on top but like breaking the glass ceiling i guess you want to say like i think that she is like so powerful like i'm so i'm just like always impressed by her i feel like she just constantly is like setting new records and setting new precedents for artists and i just like i don't know i just really appreciate that about her yeah i think something that like continues to like make me admire her and like just it blows me away it's like i feel like she is like (laughs) I want to say, like, the people's princess, like, Princess Diana, but, like, she, I don't want to say she's, like, super relatable, because I know she is, like, multi-billionaire, like, 
one of the most famous artists in the world but like she I feel like she is genuinely somebody that like not even just teen girls but like everybody could relate to like she has been through so much like heartbreak everybody has been there and like being cheated on being in a relationship where like like a lot of people have been in relationships where they could be like a lot younger than their significant other and that can cause so much trauma and an eating disorder she went through a horrible horrible eating disorder and like nobody knew which is insane and being in the eye of the media going through that is so wild and it's so inspiring that like she got through that and like the hate that she's been through like I just feel like she's so real in a way which sounds kind of like cliche and stupid but like she is and like I think that's what makes people love her so much like not only is she so talented but like she doesn't put on this facade that like her life is perfect like you know that she's been through stuff yeah I would agree and even too just like like even the other day um like I think it was like literally like the night uh, that midnights came out one of my friends was literally on tinder and she had put something in her bio like one of her like little prompt things was like about like oh Taylor Swift and midnights and someone like someone that she matched with like messaged her and said something like oh well um isn't the fact that all of her songs are about breakups like doesn't that just show that she's the problem and like First of all, Midnight's isn't even about any, like, or at least the first original tracks, like, the 3AM ones hadn't even come out yet. First of all, none of the songs are even about breakups. And then, like, number two, just the fact that, like, so many people are just so willing to, like, criticize without even listening to her music, I feel like not only, I don't know, not only shows how she's treated as an artist, but I feel like just women in general are so much more scrutinized for writing songs about, like, relationships than, like, men. Like, I feel like all men also write songs about like relationships like sam smith ed sheeran and they like don't receive the like nearly enough scrutiny that taylor faces yeah and i also think that like she gets so much hate for i think it's become more of just like a meme almost like people just like think of taylor swift that way even though that's not really who she is anymore or who, who she ever was because those were like her most popular songs obviously that's what's relatable to people is a breakup and like a tough relationship that's what people can relate to like she also has songs about like friendship and like family she has so many songs about her family and like meaningful songs like there are so many songs that like only like like taylor fans really listen to i feel like like um soon you'll get better that she has featuring the dixie chicks that song is about like her mom's battle with cancer and like it's so beautiful and emotional and like she has so many songs like that that are like they have nothing to do with romance and people just look past that and they're like no that's all she is and like she gets so much scrutiny for that but like the way that rappers sing about not sing but like rap about women and the things they say about them and get away with it I'm like are you kidding me like she's getting all this hate for talking about her experiences and there are men and not really women no it's it's really just men rapping about women like they're objects it's ridiculous yeah I mean yeah I would agree because that's the thing is you notice I feel like in the early like 2010s like back when you know 1989 and kind of like what I guess is considered like Taylor's peak in terms of like the media coverage like I feel like that was when like all of her friends like she had like the strong like girl squad for sure and like 
she was talking to Victoria's Secret models and like 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 just all of that was going on. I feel like that was kind of like the the peak of like her media frenzy. Kind of at the same time, I feel like there was also a lot of artists kind of similar to Ed Sheeran, where it's like similar music, where it's like pop but more. I don't want to say natural, but like a lot of like guitar and like a lot yeah. of just like that kind of like natural vibe. Whereas I feel like now. Taylor's male competitors are pretty much all rappers. I mean, I guess there's like Harry Styles would be like her closest competitor in terms of like pop music, but I feel like even now it's like you turn on the radio and the top 40 is like Taylor Swift and then like similar pop artists that kind of like come and go and like the TikTok songs that like right, yeah, that like have like one hit wonders, but there's no one really like comparable to her like in terms of like a man that like speaks to women like with respect I guess I want to say yeah there's I really like trying to think of somebody who I could say does that and like the only like obviously there are a lot of men who for sure have like music that speaks about women in a respectful way but popular no it's really just Harry Styles yeah I mean even like Sam Smith who I like considered like a really you know, he was a really like naturally. He was a he's a beautiful singer. Mm-hmm. Even his most recent song was like very like yeah promiscuous and like I don't mm-hmm. know if it was necessarily like about women, but like the lyrics like I don't know. You know the lyrics, no, but yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting the way that Taylor is perceived in comparison to her male counterparts i think like this is definitely something that like you can see with media just in general is like people love to jump on a bandwagon and when the first people started saying that kind of thing and like especially after the whole kanye thing um with like at the vmas like people were just the first people decided that taylor swift sucks and that they didn't respect her and that her music was all about boys and breakups and everyone was like you know what you're right and they all jumped on that bandwagon and it's like i definitely think like in recent years <laughs> i definitely think that in recent years she's been like getting back into a better light like i think she is gaining a lot more support i think tiktok has been a huge help for that because like it's a really good way for people who haven't been lifelong fans to like find her music and be like wow this is really good i didn't know this song before and I think that has been really helpful in, like, kind of steering away from that negative spotlight that she's been in. But I really do think it's just been people, like, hopping on a bandwagon of, like, Taylor Swift sucks, which is so awful. Yeah. And I feel like the bandwagon kind of goes the other way, too. Like, Mm -hmm. so many people that were, like, anti-Taylor, honestly, kind of... I wouldn't necessarily say that I was ever anti-Taylor, but I definitely wasn't as big of a fan as I am now. And I feel like that kind of partially it like relates to the way that she was treated and the way like the way that social media like influenced her reputation i mean quite literally reputation <laughs> but yeah i don't know just the things that she's doing now i also think that like all of the effort that she's put into like creating like the vinyl sets and the clock was an amazing idea to like promote vinyl sales and like the cardigans and yeah. all of that i mean that's like such a small part of it but yeah, I don't know. I would definitely say that, yeah. She is truly, like, it's kind of wild. Like, the the fact that she's been doing this for so long, and I, I really think, like, it 
some people will absolutely not agree with me, but I do think that Taylor Swift is the music industry. She has, she started, like, I don't know when, like, early 2000s, mid-2000s, and she was a country singer. She started off as a country singer, and then somehow we're, like, 16 years later, and she's done so, like, she's done country, she's done pop, she's done whatever you would call folklore and evermore, and, like, it's just insane. Like, she has gained fans throughout that entire period, and, like, I think even fans, like, when I was little, I was, not that I, like, understood what she was, like, singing about and stuff, but, like, Teardrops on My Guitar, absolutely. Loved that song when I was, like, seven, and, like, I've stuck with her through all of that, and, like, I know there's absolutely other artists who have been able to do something like that, but the way that she just, like, goes between genres is, like, so insane to me. Yeah. She really is the music industry. I would have to agree. Like, yeah. I have to agree. And, like, what she's doing right now to take back her rightful ownership to her music, because, like, Scooter Braun sucks, <laughs> um, that, I know a lot of people, like, don't understand that, like, people who aren't fans of her, and, like, that is, like, something that hasn't been seen before, really, with other artists, but... I think that's so powerful and like also just like because her career has been so long it's so cool to like hear those songs in her matured voice and I just think it's like I was so excited for like the Red release and the Fearless release last year and like also the Vault songs like from the Vault like we're getting this like look into because those songs were written during those periods of her life and like getting those songs from that time and like we're getting a glimpse into like 2012 Taylor's life which is so cool and I also feel like an interesting kind of like the perspective that I have of the vault tracks is like the first time with a lot of like for example like Red and like um like the albums that she's re-recording I feel like obviously those ones were like heavily produced and like influenced and I feel like a lot of the songs that she cut that she's now putting in the vault tracks for the re-releases, I feel like kind of speak more to how she actually felt and what type of music she was actually interested in more than anything else because those are like the songs that she picked that she actually wanted on the album that probably weren't able to make it the first time. And even just like thinking about the fact that after all these years, like with Red, think about Red was like 2012, a decade ago, like songs that meant so much to her that even after all this time she's bringing back and reclaiming as her own I just think that's like so powerful I think that's like it's just like really inspiring yeah it was also just like so cool to see when um Red Taylor's version dropped like seeing the collective like army that formed behind her against Jake Gyllenhaal which like I don't approve of like people storming into somebody's Instagram comments like it is kind of crazy, like, ten years later, like, that people were, like, hating on him directly. But, like, she has so much support behind her because, like, she... Not that all of her songs are about breakups, but, like, she's been through so much. And, like, seeing everybody, like, rally for her when, like, All Too Well 10-Minute Version came out, like, and everybody was like, wow, maybe he is an awful person. Like, that is so... I don't know. It's just cool to see, like... Obviously, I don't want to say, like, that it's cool to hate on somebody because that's, like, the opposite of what I'm trying to say because I don't think that 
any person like it's hard enough to be in the spotlight like that and unless somebody's like genuinely like doing something wrong I don't think it's fair to like come for them but it was like cool to see how many people she did have that like actually cared about what she went through back then because like she was like 20 years old and like not like not that we know the full story or that she's ever actually said that it's about him but (laughs) people know and I don't know it's just kind of cool to like see that yeah I think even too just because everyone obviously like when you picture like Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal you think of like that iconic like pap walk that they did I don't know if it was like you know I don't know if it was like intentional but like those pictures that were taken on the street of her in that blue coat and like they're together like arm in arm um even just like listening to all too well 10 minute version and then going back to those pictures and obviously we've all seen them probably hundreds of times like throughout our lives but I will never forget looking at that picture after I listened to the 10 minute version and just being like I never realized how young she looked like she was so baby faced and like little and he it was like a full 30 year old like grown man it really like once I, I I mean that perspective also might have changed just with the fact that I'm getting older but I don't know I just like was such a like it was such an interesting moment for me to kind of like step back and like look at it from that lens and be like oh my god and I feel like that like really helped me understand like the depth of like what she went through it's also crazy now to like like I remember after I listened and was I definitely like went back and looked at those um paparazzi pictures too but like looking at who he's dating now and he's like still dating not minors but like girls around like their very early 20s and he's like almost 40 now I believe like that's crazy like that it's been so long and he's still and I'm sure he's still like I don't want to say like using them but like their relation like his relationship with Taylor clearly was not a happy one in the end and like he especially with how um Dylan O'Brien portrayed the character that we all assume is Jake in the short film he like the gaslighting and like the narcissism I just I don't understand how somebody could be so awful yeah no literally and I think too one thing that it reminds me of now that you say that and especially like comparing how the media treats Taylor compared to like other famous men is Leonardo DiCaprio how he like is literally known and like nowadays it's kind of like almost like an inside joke in Hollywood that like he dates these women and then dumps them once they turn 25 and then even to just comparing you know obviously everyone thinks like everyone outside of like genuine like Taylor listeners like still probably unfortunately think of her as like oh she has all these boyfriends even though she's also dated Joe Alwyn for so long Mm -hmm. now but just comparing the way that the media treated her and her alleged like tons of boyfriends and then comparing that to the way that people treat Leonardo DiCaprio who genuinely does date these women like two to three years at a time and then immediately breaks up with them like once they get of a certain age I don't know if that's intentional but when you look at it it does look that way and seeing how Taylor was faced with such genuine scrutiny and then Leonardo DiCaprio's situation obviously it is brought to light but it's treated more like a joke like comedians will make joke of it I think it was Kevin Hart like made a joke about it recently at like a roast or something like his is treated so lightheartedly but yet Taylor's is treated so seriously when in reality in a lot of those cases like she was a genuine victim 
Yeah. That is so, like, people don't think about the fact that, like, especially, like, when she was dating John Mayer, she was freshly 19. Like, she had been a minor so, like, immediately prior to that relationship. And even back then, like, he was just, to the public, another boyfriend to add to the list. When, like, that should have been a huge red flag to the public. Like, wow, she is a child and he is a grown man this shouldn't be like not that the public can like stop that but like that shouldn't have been like put her in a position to be hated on for that she should have been given sympathy because like she was a victim and people just took that as an an opportunity to add to how much they hated her and one point that I want to add to that too is like not only was the age a serious factor, but just, like, the, like, influence of the music industry, too. Like, think about it. He's, like, John Mayer was, like, at the peak of his career, at least somewhat in some capacity, like, during that time. Like, John Mayer was so well-known through, like, the 2000s um, as this, like, powerful, like, male singer. And then, like, picture your young Taylor Swift, like, up and coming. Like, she had just really started, like, releasing, like, full albums and full music that people were, like, seriously listening to. And I think that that power dynamic also had a huge influence on, like, the fact that she really was a victim in more ways than one. I mean, if you take out the fact that he was, like, so powerful in her life, I wonder if, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, it's hard to compare it to anything that we may have experienced because there's also that power dynamic that kind of, like, faced over her. And I'm sure that also, like, influenced the way that she may have, like, reacted to him or how that kind of situation unfolded and looking back at it now kind of similarly like looking at the pictures of them next to each other and he is so old and you look at her and she looks like a child and it is very even though she was technically of age just I don't know it just is very uncomfortable and it's very it makes me very sad yeah like I mean of course like yeah she was of age but like that's not everything and like it's kind of wild how often you see that in um that industry like we're seeing it right now with Billie Eilish and um Jesse Rutherford yeah, yeah yeah and like not that we know anything about that relationship but like it is kind of crazy that that's such I mean I it's not crazy it makes sense like powerful men who are I don't I don't think Jesse Rutherford is ahead of Billie Eilish in his career but like at least right now like she is definitely more popular than the neighborhood but um and like Olivia Rodrigo was dating an I don't, who was that? She was dating I forget his last name. He his name was Adam, but he was her producer or her someone. Like he was like someone I don't know if it was her producer or her something, but like he worked for her starting from when she was like 16, but he had met her for the first time. I believe I could be wrong, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first time he met her was when she was like 12 or 13. I saw online. That's I don't know how true that is. Insane. But yeah. But like, the cases of, like, grooming and stuff like that in that industry, like, it's so common. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's just crazy, like, seeing how often it happens right in front of our eyes. And, like, there's nothing that anybody can do about it because I feel like, uh, in a lot of cases, nothing actually illegal is going on. But, like, you see how damaging it is. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that something that could be said 
like looking back on specifically when red taylor's version came out people were all over like looking at that relationship like on tiktok and on instagram and on twitter looking at like the signs that people missed about how awful that relationship was at the time and like the power dynamic and how taylor was basically a child in that relationship with a grown man and i think seeing that and seeing other relationships um similar to it has made it easier for people to catch it and how like i see stuff on like the second that the relationship with billy and jesse rutherford was announced um i saw it on tiktok and like people are talking about it yeah and to the fact that people were able to catch like the signs that like billy was a huge fan of his when she was a minor and had first met him when she was 15 i feel like those small i don't want to call them receipts because i feel like that kind of like delegitimizes like the seriousness of it but people are really able to catch those signs and catch them a lot faster and therefore like i feel like the public perception of it is then kind of switched to kind of make like to kind of recognize that this is something that is not okay and that should be taken very seriously and i've even noticed too people are like trying to warn billy and try to like turn her away from that i don't know if she's actually in charge of her social media or how that works but people are like very concerned for her whereas the public perception for taylor back then was that people were kind of shaming her yeah there's definitely that is so like good to see that switch especially because like taylor was also young when her career started but like billy was like 13 years old and like to see her in this situation is like scary and obviously like there's only so much that like people on the internet can do but it is so good to see that people are actually doing what they can to try and like get her attention and be like hey maybe like think about this and i'm sure she has her family like her brother and stuff who she's like has supporting her but i also know that as a teen girl sometimes you don't want to listen to anybody and i think seeing that everyone is worried about this relationship could definitely be like a wake-up call for her to like maybe reevaluate. yeah i mean i think that social media obviously has a lot of like it's very controversial like has does have a lot of negatives in terms of like public perception and like the way that we view and analyze people but i think that that's kind of one thing that you can commend it for is allowing people to kind of form a community to kind of like recognize signs of you know sexism or you know abuse or like things that even if they're on the surface technically legal like you can kind of dig deeper and realize that the signs are there you know everything is recorded and posted and i think that in a way that does benefit potential victims and really help them recognize and then kind of even viewers outside of you know it may not be billy but maybe someone else who is in a similar situation in their own lives can kind of look at that and they can kind of see oh well people are telling billy that this isn't okay my situation is very similar maybe my situation isn't okay either and kind of help them kind of come to that realization yeah i think like you're right social media can be so toxic and like there are definitely it can be really detrimental to mental health and stuff and at the end of the day maybe it's not amazing that our lives revolve around it so much but like there are definitely positive things that can come from it and at the end of the day i think it can help to make people safer and like 
I think it does have a positive impact, um, like, within all of the negativity that comes with it. Yeah. Even just, like, facilitating, like, important conversations and, like, allowing people to have the evidence, I guess, to kind of talk about these things. And I feel like allow conversations like this to become more normalized that, you know, situations like this aren't necessarily always okay. I think that that within itself is really powerful. And I think that, you know, it's something that should be, I don't want to say cherished, but I guess it should be deemed as like a, a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that this is like a really positive, like important conversation. And I'm kind of glad that even though obviously the situations at hand are very serious, you know, the fact that we're kind of able to bring light to it is very important. Yeah. And so I just want to thank you, Abby, for helping me kind of talk about these thank things. Thank you. It's been so nice being here. Of course. And so I guess kind of before we wrap up here, I just wanted to ask you, um, Taylor fan to Taylor fan, I guess what would be your all-time favorite Taylor Swift song? This has been a question that I have like thought about so many times in my life, and it changes constantly, I'd say. Um, but I think if I had to choose, oh God, this is like hard. I, it's hard for me to even like pick a favorite album. Like I say it's speak now, but then I'm like, oh, what about 1989? What about like red? It's, it's very difficult, but I would say if I had to pick, I think I would say last kiss. I love that song. I am obsessed with it, but also treacherous. Those are so good. I would say, yeah, I would say similarly, it's so hard. I guess I would have to say Right Where You Left Me is definitely up there for me. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, that's such a good one. I also love Clean, like from Mm -hmm. 1989, such a good one. Um, And two, Oh My, from like her early days. I Mm -hmm. forget what album that's on. I think it's Speak Now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember either. It's definitely one of her first two. Or maybe it's her first album. Oh, 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 um, oh, like my, Mary's my. song. The one yeah, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. That's, um, that's debut, I think. Debut. Yeah, um, that's There are so many gems on debut that people yeah. don't talk about. I really like um, I'm Only Me When I'm With You. I yes, love that song. I love that one. That, like, album just brings me back and makes me feel so nostalgic in, like, all the best ways. Because, like, I remember, like, downloading that, like, paying the 129 mm-hmm. to download that on, like, my my purple iPod Nano and like walking one yeah and like walking (laughs) around my neighborhood and like listening to it with my like super long like corded headphones I think eventually I got like yeah I don't even know but yeah I have such like vivid memories of listening like I got my hot pink iPod Nano for Christmas I think in like second grade and I remember listening to Should Have Said No. I was obsessed, had absolutely no idea that it was about getting cheated on, but I, I loved it. I was obsessed. I knew every word, didn't know what they meant. <laughs> no, that's literally me too. Yeah. I love that song. I love that like collective experience of like listening to, like not just Taylor, but like listening to songs when you were younger and like so passionately singing along and having zero idea what you were talking about. Yeah, that's how I feel with Kesha, like Kesha's old music. I was obsessed with Kesha when I was younger, and I remember, like, relatively recently, like, I listened to a Kesha song, and I was, like, it, like, clicked for me, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was, like, literally blasting that and, like, Mm -hmm. singing along to it so loudly when I was, like, genuinely probably 10. Um, That was such a collective experience for everyone. Yeah, yeah, no, (laughs) definitely. Um, 
but I guess we will wrap up there. Thank you again, Abby, for coming on and talking of with course, me. Of course, I will be back. Oh, please do. Yeah, especially about such serious topics and you know i feel like we kind of got to a very like vulnerable place there so i genuinely appreciate your input i appreciate everything you had to say i think that these are really important conversations so i'm glad that we got to highlight them um and to everyone listening please stream midnights by taylor swift please or any of the re-recorded tracks i'm sure there'll be more coming up relatively soon fingers crossed that 1989 is next I'm I'm voting for Speak Now, but I would be happy with anything. Yeah, no, me too. I'm sure it'll be soon. Yeah. And definitely go listen. Yes, please do. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic day. And I will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.